right. Well, welcome. It is the first Sunday in November. We've had a tradition here for 13 years. And again, not to embarrass anyone, but, you know, God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made and we're a family. And I grew up as a young kid celebrating birthdays. Anybody here? I'm going to date myself. Anyone remember Farrell's ice cream parlor? Right. Remember Farrell's running around with the big zoo and all of that. Right. That's where I grew up in San Diego. Right. Never made the wall, though, with the photos. Never made the wall. But it's, it's first Sunday. We love to celebrate birthdays. So November birthdays. Any? Any? Oh, look, we all have one. I saw one. Celebrate. Look, look. Hands up. Come on. We might be singing to one person. Right there. Right? Put, go ahead. Put, wave. There you go. Right? Look at that. A hundred voices directed at you. That's awesome. I don't know if we've ever had one. But anyway, maybe someone at home. Maybe someone at home. Did, did I miss anyone up here? Any? Okay, well, that's awesome. So we get to sing happy birthday to you, literally, to you. Well, we'll say November in case there's someone at home. All right, so we just love to just celebrate. Again, God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. No one here is an accident. And, uh, you know, it's so awesome, right? And so celebrating birthdays is just our, our way of reminding you you're special. God loves you. And we're glad you're here, all right? Happy birthday. Maybe someone in the commons as well. All right. Well, happy birthday, kids. It's time. The highlight of your week is now <laughs> upon us. It's Kingdom Kids, right? Let's give it up to the kids as we send them off to an incredible ministry called Kingdom Kids. See you in a little bit. Body yellow mic is just gone on. There we go. I like that. Um, so just a couple of announcements. Um, first is just the first Sunday of the month. We'd like just to remind everybody in the back of many of the seats is just a listing of how you can give. You can give in person here in the boxes that are kind of in the lobby and around uh, the uh, fellowship hall. You can give by mail on the church app on our website. And we encourage you just, again, we're all family. In all honesty, kind of year to date, honestly, we're a little bit behind budget and stuff. So as you kind of look towards the year end, and we just encourage you to be prayerful about, you know, giving for the rest of the year, just you know, to meet our family needs, but um, lots of different ways to do that, and we know that that the Lord will lead all of us in doing that. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. All right, so we said that sometimes we like to bring things back, and when we first started 13 years ago, you know, God did this incredible thing. People were coming, and we didn't know everybody, and so we were thinking of creative ways to, to get to know one another, and for a season, we did something called Who Am I?, and we would put up a little baby photo with some clues just so that we all got to know each other and so we decided first end of november we're blessed with many of you who have joined us this year like extremely ecstatic you know the elders we were talking like what has god done well he's brought a whole new wave of people but we got to get to know each other uh you know just because we share lives we live in the same valley most of us so anyway we were back who am i 
So we got a picture here. Here we go. All right. All right. We got some clues. First clue. Has three siblings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has been to 39 states and five countries. Think about anyone? Anyone? Was born in the 80s. Now that kind of helps around here. Someone's like, it's not who I thought. Or maybe it is who I thought. Okay, before we give the answer up, does anyone have any guesses who you think this might be? We, were, we have a guess of Jordan. Anyone else? Mark? You were born in the 80s? Bro. Bro. What happened? I'm just kidding, man. I came out 40 years old. You came out 40 years old? Okay, Benjamin. <laughs> All right. Correct answer is... Correct answer is... Do we, do we have something? It is Jordan. I thought we had, like, the current photo. Oh, I forgot that. He forgot that. It is, it is right. But we got better. We have better than a photo. We've got Jordan. All right. So... Just encourage you, we're going to kind of bring this out first Sundays. And so if you get tapped, texted, hit up for a baby photo, it's just for fun, right? We just want to get, you know, get to like 39 states, five countries. I mean, there you go, world traveler. So just chat. It's just a way for you to get to know different people in the church. All right. Um, Celebrating next Sunday, we have a baptism. Aiden mentioned it last Sunday, so Aiden's getting baptized. But if any of you would like to be baptized or your kids, or anything like that, uh, please talk to Pastor Tyler. We would love to chat with you and celebrate baptism with you next Sunday. Okay? All right. Uh, I have a question. Ailey, can you put that awesome photo of the... uh... (laughs) Can you put that up for a second? All right, how many of you vote for me to get a... uh, Have a mullet? Shiloh, mullet? <laughs> maybe if, you know, maybe if we fundraise for a youth event, I might, I don't know. That's an idea. Uh, but we do have uh, one youth announcement. Uh, we, it is November, and traditionally we like to do a fun, fancy Thanksgiving dinner. I think we actually have a couple photos from last year. Uh, we have some games. We have a little photo booth. We get a nice long table, or like five long tables. Uh, and we just have fun, share a meal together, uh, play some games, have some fun. We're actually we're going to do it this year. It's going to be November 15th uh, from 6 to 8. It's going to be here. Um, and if I would love for you to sign up. We do this thing online where you can register online. A bunch of students already have, uh, but you can come to me uh, and let me know, or you can go to our website and follow the events page, and you'll see our, our uh, sign-ups there. But we're going to be doing that. Uh, if you can, please sign up by the 12th so I can calculate food and all that stuff. But uh, we have that coming up. Uh, so that's it for youth. And then I think this is our last week. Uh, Tyler's been mentioning uh, our friends at Teen Challenge have been doing uh, a fundraiser, a tamale fundraiser. Um, and you can pre-order them. Apparently they're really good. I haven't had them, but tamales are good as long as you don't eat the husk uh, like I did. I'm from Iowa, so, you know, I don't know what it was. So don't do that. I'm sure they'll be great if you don't do that. But uh, I believe Maria, she has her numbers on there. There's also a sheet in the back on the cart 
uh, with her information. Um, and so I think this is the last week to sign up. If you have any more questions, you can hit up Tyler. Um, and I think that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. Now, do you not think that somebody from Iowa <laughs> would know not to eat like corn husk? You know, like the corn capital of the entire world. Like, wow, wow. <laughs> all right. It takes all kinds. So uh, just another couple of announcements. Uh, there's going to be a couple of pictures. Uh, we, our team got back from Mexico. You've been hearing a lot about it for a long, long time. We got back midday yesterday, went down last Sunday, had a fabulous week, uh, really. Just everything about the week went wonderful. Our team was a strong team in every way, just in building skills, in fellowship, in friendship, in love with one another and towards the two families that we built for. Working with our YWAM partners was amazing. The two families, do we have those pictures to put up? Um, this is, uh, that's actually the first build that we did, and uh, just the team at the end, we all kind of gather and take a picture with the family. That's another picture. That's the second build that we did with Josie lying down in the front there. So uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful week, uh, and thank you to all of you just for how you supported it in prayer, financially, and everything else. Um, that's really all I'm going to just say about it right now. In two or three weeks, I'd like to have, we will have more of a slideshow and some testimonies from people who went on and kind of get into a little bit more detail about it. And the uh, last thing is, you know, so we were just uh, spent a week down in Mexico and ministering to loving and, and the Lord blessing through us. Us to very, very poor families. But we have an amazing opportunity to do something very similar to that here in Ojai. You know, we don't have to go to Mexico to make a difference in the lives of people who uh, need help. So um, there, we partner with Help of Ojai every Thanksgiving to provide Thanksgiving meals, boxes. This is some of the bags that were uh, done in a previous year. Um, but we need people to buy and donate the uh, contents that are going to go in these bags and get delivered out to these families in Ojai. And, and we're on kind of a short uh, um, uh, schedule here. So we're going to be delivering these on uh, November 18th, which is less than two weeks from now. So all of the things that get bought need to hopefully be delivered here or brought here by next Sunday. So how this is going to happen is at the end of service, I, and if I can talk my wife into doing this with me, will be out at the welcome cart. This is a sign-up sheet to come and put your name on and your phone number, just saying, I will go out this week and buy these things and either bring them during the week or next Sunday, bring them to the well. Um, there's stuff on the back, and then we've got an opportunity, if you're interested in helping to deliver the food to homes throughout the Ojai Valley on Saturday the 18th, you can sign up for that as well. When you do sign up for something, we're going to give you these little, uh, Matt uh, Norris put these together, calls them tickets. This is a reminder to you about what you signed up for and where to bring them and all that kind of stuff. So you can put your name on here. We'll give you one of these, and we have a whole bunch of stuff we need. So hopefully every single person here will come and take multiple tickets so that we can provide all the food that these families need to have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving celebration. So that's it. Before we uh, continue singing, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to change the order up. Uh, typically, after announcements, we go right into what we call worship, which really involves singing. 
Um, but we've been in a mini-series on worship. What is worship? Why do we worship? What's the biblical understanding of worship? Because, again, oftentimes when we think of worship, we just go right to it's the singing part, right? And we've been a couple of weeks looking at worship, and we're going to actually give you an opportunity this morning to experience worship, to learn about worship in a, in a more experiential way because it's going to be more of a worshipful service. Um, but before we get into the musical part of it, I wanted to kind of bring us all up to speed in case you're just joining us. Uh, the word worship, the etymology or the origin of the word worship in English is actually worthship. Think about that, worth. And so it, it's very much, you know, again, not the instruments. It begins with worthship, that God, because of who he is, is worthy just in his nature. It's not what he can give me. It's not what I can ask him for. It's not what he's done for me lately. Therefore, I'm going to worship. God, in his essence, in his nature, is worthy of worship. Worthy. And so, in one sense, our, our core motive, even for, for gathering on a Sunday morning, why do we get up? Why do we get changed? Why do we invest the effort to be here? Not what we get out of it. It's because God is worthy. God is worthy. Think of the extreme lengths you go to because you think something is worth it. You're going on a trip. It's worth it to get to LAX early. It's worth it, right? It's worth it. Ah, it's worth it. Ah, it's going to be great. It's so, it's so worth it, right? So we know in a very practical human sense, when something is worth it, however we define that, we will go to extreme sacrifice, to make it happen because it's worth it. Well, if you bring that into the context of worship, you say, well, God is worthy. He's worthy, not just worth it, but he is worthy. And the challenge, challenging part of that is how we do worship in church can kind of wash that out. But also many of us, we don't take the time to actually even ponder the worth of God, the worthiness of God. Right, and the world is coming at us. We have all these responsibilities. We got all these distractions, media, social media, entertainment, responsibilities of life. And oftentimes, when was the last time you actually just pondered the worth of God? That God is worthy. Right? And and who he is. You know, we, we see in Isaiah when 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 he saw God, he was like, Oh my gosh, and he fell on his feet, you know, and, and again. Sometimes in the busyness of life and prepping a service and getting to quote-unquote church, we come and we do a lot, but did we actually come with a heart of worth, that God is worth everything that goes on here? Because he's worthy, right? In Revelation 5, it says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. We saw before a couple of weeks of so that word worship in the Old Testament and the New Testament when it says, come, let us worship and bow down. Or when the Magi showed up and said, we have come to worship. Both of that in the Old and New Testament, the word worship means to prostrate yourself, to bow down in culture, to kiss the ground in holiness and reverence. That's what the word worship means biblically is to 
have an understanding of who you are before, and you are so overwhelmed with reverence and awe and even healthy fear of who they are that you literally prostrate yourself before them. Now, that is so countercultural because in our culture, we're the boss. We're the big cheese. We're little G God. And this idea of bowing down, this idea of prostrating yourself before someone else, that is not, that's unheard of in our culture. Because from a very young age, we're raised that it's all about you. You can do what you want. No one can tell you what to do. We're raised to be kings and queens. And so when we come to worship and you start to understand worship, you're like, what? What? I was sharing with the, our leadership uh, team this morning. As I was a young believer and I was starting to study worship and try to understand worship biblically, I remember at home during my quiet time, you know, even no one was around, right? My roommate would go to school or I was just by myself and I was trying to understand quiet time and worship. I remember how challenging it was for me, even in the privacy of my house, to kneel down, physically kneel down in the presence of God. Just to kneel down and then bow your head and put my forehead on the ground before the presence of God. There was nobody around. And yet something in my flesh was just not accustomed to physically prostrating myself before the God of the universe. And I challenge you. Try that. Try that sometime today before. Like, and at home. If you're at home even today. You, I'm guessing some of you there's no one around. Try to just kneel. And stay there long enough to work through the discomfort of kneeling. It can radically change. Because sometimes worship, again, it's one of those theological, heady church words, and we just keep it here. If you want to engage your whole being in worship, sometime today, tonight, this week, kneel down and prostrate yourself in the very presence of God. My guess is you're not going to say much. And then what you do say will be worship because worship is a response. You may be there for quite a while and just be really humbled. And then what comes out of your mouth will be worshipful and less talky and more response. So I want to encourage you, uh, try that. It's something that helped me. I was like, okay, wait, worship is bowing down and prostrating myself? Uh, I think I should try that then. And I literally had to exert a lot of intentionality, even at home, to do that. And then sit there long enough to work through the discomfort and ask myself, why are you so uncomfortable with this? Why is this making you so personally uncomfortable to kneel and prostrate yourself? And honestly, it was because I was raised to be the boss of my life. And kneeling and bowing, just not part of my vocabulary and really not part of my lifestyle. Right? Because I was raised that everyone was catering to me. They were supposed to kneel and bow to me. Right? So... Encourage you, challenge you with that. Uh, I love this. J. Vernon McGee says this. Worship is acknowledging God's worthiness to be worshipped. His worthship. We can do that in song or in surrender, in obedience or in thought. That being said, we can worship on our feet or our faces. Our posture isn't the priority. It only reflects the heart. Victor Hugo once said, the soul is on its knees many times, regardless of the position of the body. 
Our souls need to be prostrated before God. Isn't that awesome? Right? Because, again, we can get hung up in church depending on which church tradition you come from. And sometimes it's very exuberant and people's hands are up. And sometimes it's more conservative and, and not so demonstrative. That's just the external. We need to be prostrate in our souls before God. And if your hand goes up as a result, well, praise God. And if it doesn't, praise God. Because we're united in our heart bowing before God. Amen? That's, that's what I love about here. We, we give you freedom to, to really express heart and the worth of God. And I know, and you're going to hear some testimonies today maybe, of stories of how we get hung up. What if I raise my hands? What if I sing really free? What are they going to think about me? Who's watching me? Who's critiquing my voice? Right? We're supposed to be demonstrating a holiness, a reverence, a worship of God, and yet at the human level, we're hung up with what our neighbor is thinking about us. Right? And that's just a very real challenge in our growth in worship. You ask it, and then literally you have to ask yourself, why am I so hung up on me? I thought this was about God. I thought this song was all about God. Why am I more concerned about me? Part of our culture, part of our flesh. It's part of our sanctification, right? Jesus has this conversation with this Samaritan woman in John 4. And I'll just read a bit of it. It says, uh, John four nineteen. It says, the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers, meaning the Samaritans, worshipped on this mountain, Mount Gerizim. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, Mount Gerizim, nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. In a nutshell, what what this conversation is all about, and and for our purposes today, when Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. He's trying to break her paradigm that worship is a location. The Samaritans in their tradition thought it was Mount Gerizim. He says, hey, we're all about, us Samaritans, we know worship's all about Mount Gerizim. You Jews say it's all about Jerusalem. What Jesus is doing is he's blowing that up. And he's saying, hey, worship of the Father is no longer, in the new covenant, it is no longer bound by location. You got to lose that. For us, worship is no longer just 10 a.m. at 1290 Grand. You got to lose that. Or going to a worship event. Right? Again, in our culture, if we're not careful, we can compartmentalize worship to times, locations, events. When truly worship, worthship, is 24-7, 365 because God is always worthy. Amen? And so today, as we work through this, and as you have a chance to worship, I really want to encourage you. Ask yourself some tough questions. Have I limited worship to going to worship service. And then when we say ready break and we have coffee and donuts and you go about your way the rest of the day and week, suddenly you're not worshiping anymore. 
that's, that can be just a deeply ingrained habit and church tradition where we have compartmentalized worship to a time and a location. And Jesus says, it's not Jerusalem. It's not Mount Gerizim. It's all the time now. It's all the time. Okay, so maybe for someone here or at home, the nugget for you this morning is that, you know what? I got to broaden my view of worship. I love this here, and we go to a lot of effort to uh, eliminate all distractions for our time of singing and worship. But we don't want you to limit it to here. We want you to go out and be worshipers at work, at home. What would that do? How radical would that be in your life if you really expanded your theology and your practice of worship? Okay? Philip Yancey says this, Church exists primarily not to provide entertainment or to encourage vulnerability or to build self-esteem or to facilitate friendships, but to worship God. If it fails in that, it fails. I have learned that the ministers, the music, the sacraments, and other trappings of worship are mere promptings to support the ultimate goal of getting worshipers in touch with God. To worship is to remember who owns the house. Amen? See, if we remember who owns the house, it changes our whole perspective because it's all about him, the owner. Right? And then... All the things that we get hung up on, style, tradition, preferences, drums, no drums, hymns, no hymns, all of that starts to fade when you focus on who owns the house. And that's where the freedom of worship comes. And so this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Uh, And we're going to sing a couple songs. And then I asked a couple of the worship team um, members to share a testimony of their journey of worship. You see them all the time. Shiloh's going to share, and then we're going to sing a song, and then Mark's going to come up and share. And the reason I asked them to share is in Hebrews 10, it says, hey, you don't forsake gathering, but when you do gather, encourage one another. So you see them and Gloria and Marvin, and this is Vinny. If you don't know Vinny, this is my son. Um, they're up here a lot. And sometimes, again, in churches, we assume that because they are up here a lot, they got worship dialed in. Oh, they've always been worshipers. Like we joked with Shiloh this morning, like she was born and came out praising God. Oh, you know. No. As her dad, I know what her journey of learning to worship, growing in worship, challenges of worship. You're going to hear from her and you're going to hear from Mark. Why did I ask them to do this? To encourage you. Worship is a, is a bit of a skill. It's a discipline. And oftentimes, it's one of those things in church we talk about and encourage, but you never hear anyone's story, right? And I thought, you know, it would be so valuable because some of you are going to hear something from them. You're going to be like, I can't believe it. I thought I was the only one. And I, I shared and I, and I asked them to share and even be honest to encourage you and to give you more freedom. That is still, it, worship is a journey. You mature in worship. So I, wanna, I, I thought it would be a great time for us as a church on a family service to do that. So you're going to hear from them in a little bit. So we're going to sing, but really we're going to worship. And we're going to give you freedom as we go. Sometimes we'll ask you to stand. Other times we just let the Spirit lead you. And there's always a bit of risk when you go to a worship thing. And, you know, and I get that. And sometimes we just got to step out of the way. And let God be God. Amen? So, Father, thank you that today we get to experience worship, maybe in a new way for some, maybe in a challenging way for some.
Lord, we get to be encouraged by Shiloh and Mark in their journey of worship. And I pray that as you have matured them and grown them, that you would use their story to help all of us to grow and to mature. And we're reminded again, you are worthy. We're here because you are worthy. So we love you. And we just want to worship you in spirit and truth. So why don't we stand together and we'll sing a song called You're Worthy of My Praise. Oh 
share a little bit about my testimony with worship. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today, about what God has really taught me through worship, um, through music. I mean, it can apply to all of life. If, if our lives are meant to be lives of worship, then it's pretty universal. But um, just speaking about the context of worship through music, I would say from a young age, God... Um, captured my heart through musical worship. My dad um, was a youth pastor, and so when I was six or seven, my mom would take us to youth group, and they would do worship, and I remember just being like, what is happening? Like, God was just moving in my heart in ways I didn't understand um, from such a young age, and it was something that he really used um, to draw me to himself, and so there were countless moments throughout my life um, where God used 
worship. So whether it was a song, a lyric, uh, to really speak to me about who he was, um, about who I was because of who he was. Um, and there's just something about music, right? It just sticks in your head. These lyrics, they just, they, they can speak so powerfully about who God is in ways that maybe a, a sermon can't. And so that's also why it's important to listen to, um, biblically sound, doctrinally sound music, because it's really informing your theology. Um, and so I loved worship, but I was I lived in this tension of I wanted so badly to be free in worship, and I loved to be in like a, a church context uh, with other believers in worship, but I also um, felt so afraid of what people thought of me. And so I remember being at a college youth group when I was 18. I'm 29 now, if you don't know. And um, <laughs> I wanted to stand up during worship. I just felt like I was like, Lord, like this is – I. I was experiencing his love, and I wanted to express praise and worship, and all I wanted to do was stand up. Other people were standing, but the people I was sitting with, they weren't standing. And I remember this verse came to mind. It's from Isaiah, and it says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. So I stood, and my knees were shaking. I'm not kidding you. We're not even in the front. We were in the back, okay? (laughs) And my hands are shaking, my knees are shaking, and I was just so afraid of what people thought, even though I wanted so badly to worship. And so um, this was the beginning of a long journey, uh, really through my early 20s, um, of learning what it was to fear God more than I feared man, especially in this context of worship. And it played out throughout um, like the rest of my life. But really, God was working the very practically through worship like we are doing this morning. Um, and so Psalm 25, 14 says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. And there are over 200 verses in the Bible that talk about this fear of the Lord. Um, Even Jesus says in Matthew 10, 28, do not fear those who kill the body, but fear um, him who can throw both body and soul into hell. And so um, we aren't talking about a destructive fear, like a fear of the dark or a fear of like, you know, a fear where we want to run away and hide, but it's, it's this holy fear where God is calling us to really draw near to him because that's the safest place we can be. Um, and so, you know, this holy fear reveres him and it recognizes how awesome and glorious and mighty he is. And in the Bible, you see these stories of godly men who find themselves in the presence of God, like in, in front of really his unveiled glory. And what happens? Ezekiel, he falls on his face. Isaiah says, woe is me, for I am an unclean man. John, in Revelation, he finds himself before the glorified Jesus, and he falls on his face as though dead. And, you know, right now, maybe we're worshiping, and we're like before God, but we don't, we don't really maybe understand the full weight of God's glory. Maybe we're checking our phone on our device. Like, I don't know, like checking a text message. There's just this fear of God that we have lost sight of, I think, in in this culture. Um, And this holy fear of God esteems and honors and adores him above all else. And it really is this desire to to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Um, And Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom to before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So back to worship, I've been reading this book called The Awe of God, and in it the author talks about uh, these three images of ourselves that we have. There's a perceived image, which is how you are viewing me. 
a projected image, which is how I want you to view me. And then there's the actual, which is how I actually am and what God really sees. So I've been really convicted by this in worship, even presently, um, because I have a tendency when I get into the fear of man to swing a couple of ways. I get into, um, I, I'm afraid that you won't think I'm like legit or I love Jesus, right? So I need to like, Mm, I need to show you that I'm, like, awesome. Um, especially when you're young. And if you're, like, trying to impress someone, this is a, this is tricky. Because, like, I remember being early 20s, and, like, I wanted guys to think I love Jesus, right? So, like, worship was, like, how you show them you love Jesus. Um, but that's wrong, okay? That's not good. Um, uh, but then the other way you can swing is that you want to worship the Lord, but you're so afraid of how people are going to perceive you, you don't do anything. You just sit there, even though you want to stand, or you keep your arms down even though you want to lift them or maybe you want to get on your face and you don't because you're afraid of what people are going to think and so Oswald Chambers says that the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God you fear nothing else whereas if you do not fear God you fear everything else and so when we are walking when we don't walk in the fear of God right there's this we're so self-focused what is worship then if we're just afraid of man it's really self-protection self-promotion uh, self-preservation and we're worshiping ourselves ultimately um, but when we walk in the fear of God when we understand like God sees me as I am like that Hebrews verse says um, we're laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account you know that's humbling and it's actually there's a there's a fear that comes with that because we recognize that we can't hide from God. Like, if we're doing these things with wrong motives, God sees it. Like, he sees our heart. Um, and so my challenge every week when I get up here or when I'm down there, whatever it is, um, is really to fix my eyes on Jesus and to walk in this fear of the Lord, recognizing that when I worship, it's for him and him alone. Um, it can't be for how I think you're going to view me, whether good or bad, um, but that doesn't just happen. That's a discipline that I literally every week, every song, every lyric, I'm constantly having to discipline myself to like fix your eyes on Jesus. This is about Jesus. This is not about me because um, I have a tendency to go both ways. And so um, I found that in worship, this fear of God takes away a lot of barriers like we we're talking about with style preference because people can be like, oh, I don't like going there. I can't, I don't like the worship. I can't worship. But like, well, who is it about then, right? Like, um, when we're, we recognize that God is really looking at our heart and our motive with these things, then uh, those barriers to being able to worship because it's not the right mood, um, they're gone, right? And, like, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. There's that, that song, though, none go with me, still I will follow. Like, if God is calling you to stand up, to sit, to get on your face, whatever it is in worship, like, you walk and you live in the fear of God and you do it for him and him alone. Um, and you can be free, you know, but it's a discipline and I'm working on it literally constantly. So that is a bit of my testimony with worship. And yeah. See the stars 
Richie for what you said and Shiloh what she said. Um, actually, I sh when I heard this morning Shiloh was going first, I thought, oh, shoot. <laughs> I got to follow that, you know. It's like, seriously, like, you're awesome. So uh, before I share what I want to share, uh, actually, we're going to listen to a little bit of a song. Um, I want you to really listen to the lyrics of this song. So I told Jordan, frankly, to kind of crank it up a little bit. It may not be your style of music. If not, I'm sorry, but it's the lyrics that I want you to listen to. So I even encourage you to close your eyes and just listen to the lyrics.
So I, I read those lyrics over and over and over again. Every single word just drew me to worship this God that has loved us so deeply. Um, you know, uh, to me, uh, I just want to talk about kind of three ways that my journey has kind of taken me over many years in uh, kind of maturing or growing in this area of worship in my life. Um, and it starts with the fact that worship is experiential. Um, worship is experiential in our lives. Um, it's based on who God is. It's based on the truths that we see in creation. It's based on uh, his word, but it is an experience. It is an experience relationally between us, our hearts and the heart of God. Uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six to 37 says this. Jesus is talking saying, uh, someone had asked him a question, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is really where my journey uh, in worship started. Um, uh, Kathy and I, frankly, were fortunate. Um, Soon after I got saved, I'd been a Christian about nine months or so. And we were fortunate to have about eight or nine years living with a group of Christians where I learned the love of God. I fell in love with God. I fell in love with Jesus. I learned who I was. I learned who he was. And out of that came love. And when you think about just things you love, if you're married, your spouse. If you have kids, your kids. A close friend. Just what you love in life drives you. It compels you. It forces you to give, to want to just be invested in, to be in relationship with, to spend time with. And that is where my journey in worship started, was that I was, my heart, beyond my control, to my amazement, was filled with love for God. Um, Richie talked about, you know, just the meaning of the word scripturally um, is to bow down. And that was just something, again, that I just felt myself just, again, in my heart and often just physically to prostrate myself before this God who not only loved me, but that I fell in love with, that I felt, experienced love towards this God of mine. In John 4, and this is actually, Richie already uh, read this, but it was uh, something I wanted to refer to also. Jesus says, as he's talking to the Samaritan woman, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking, looking for such people to worship him. Um, Shiloh talked about holiness. Richie talked about holiness. And again, that was a critical element to my engagement in worship was was coming face-to-face with and experiencing being in the presence of God's holiness, in the presence in my spirit, the presence in prayer, the presence in worship, to be overwhelmed, just, just stunned, awestruck, overwhelmed by his holiness. And in response to that holiness, I could only worship in my, with my voice, with my body, with my heart, to just love and worship and honor and praise this God who was so holy. 
Um, like Shiloh, I, I just happen to love music. I love to sing. I love to. Uh, I just love music. And music to me has always, from the very early days of my faith, has just been something that stirred my heart, that brought me into God's presence. Whether I'm just at the kitchen sink and I'm singing, or I'm in a meeting and, and worshiping with other people, or I'm singing in my car, doesn't matter where, that just music itself draws me particularly, obviously, Christian music with lyrics and that kind of stuff that draw me into his presence. And even through that, his holiness becomes an experience of mine, just being experientially in his, uh, in his presence. You know, just one thing tactically, you know, so Kathy and I spent these years with, in a very free environment of just doing whatever the Lord and the Spirit led you to do experientially in worshiping him. And then since then, we've been in, you know, more community churches and frankly, just kind of structurally and, and background-wise, perhaps a little bit more conservative. And that took me a little while to kind of get used to and kind of like Shiloh was talking, like to be myself, honestly, to be who God made me to be, to express myself freely in the way that God wants me to express myself. And just one way that I do that, honestly, is I close my eyes. Um, that really helps me just, I'm not, I'm not concerned about what people around me are doing. I'm not looking at what other people are doing. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know whether you're standing up, laying down. I don't know. And frankly, I don't mean this in a, in a inappropriate way. I don't care what you're doing. You know, I have to do what the Lord puts on my heart. I have to be responsive to what the Lord in that moment is telling me, sit down, stand up, put your arms up, be quiet. Whatever it is the Lord's telling me to do, I have to go there because that's where he is. That's where I meet him. That's where I experience him is when he asks me, leads me, prompts me, tells me to do something, and I do it. Um, but it has helped me a great deal, honestly, just to close my eyes. And so I don't know if you, I don't know whether you sing with your eyes open or closed. I close my eyes unless I you know, need to look at the lyrics because I can't remember it or whatever the case may be. But otherwise, I just do that. It helps me a great deal to just tune out distractions, tune out anything else going around me, and I'm just me and my Lord Jesus and doing whatever it is he leads me to do. This notion, and you, we've heard it a lot around here, but it is so powerful, it's simple words, but it's so powerful, this idea of an audience of one. You know, because that's what's going on. That is what's going, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in singing and worshiping, whether just any time, that is what he wants. He wants you to come into the audience of one, you and him, you and him. It's not other people. It's you and the audience of one supreme, heavenly, perfect being God our Father, Jesus our Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Helper, the Comforter. That is who we just are experiencing, come into the presence of. John 14 says, if you love me, this is Jesus speaking, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And to me, all that says is, again, it's been said already this morning, is this worshipful attitude, this worshipful heart is permeate, has to permeate every aspect of our lives, 24-7, at home, in our relationships, in our 
work, um, in our recreation, everything we do, all of his commandments just pertain to our entire lives 24-7. Tim Keller has a quote. Again, Richie talked about this earlier, but I think this bears uh, repeating. The word worship from the Old English, worth-ship, is ascribing of the highest worth. Whatever you value, and this is where it gets personal. This is where I have to ask myself all the time. I've been doing this a long time, and I have to ask myself every day. I had to ask myself every day down in Mexico, what do I value? What is important to me? What do I love? Whatever you value, whatever you love the most, whatever is your greatest source of significance, of security, you are worshiping in your heart. Worship in church, and I would add, that's my wording, in life itself, is just an expression of worship. So just wrapping up, there's just kind of three things that I'm suggesting that I'm telling you was part of my journey. One is to learn, to practice, and to persevere in loving Jesus, in being in love with him, in him being just... Again, think about how you love the most important people in your life, what that looks like, what that feels like. Well, this is the perfect God. Love him in a way, you can love him in a way that is impossible for a human being to do, frankly. It is the spirit of God giving us a heart of love for our Lord Jesus Christ. We can do that through his spirit in us, through his word, and frankly, through one another. We help one another love Jesus Christ. That's number one. Number two is being regularly awestruck by God's holiness. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, in your life, if you feel like that's something you don't have a lot of experience with or knowledge, ask him to give it to you. Spend time with others in prayer, in just understanding and coming into his presence because his presence is holy his presence is glorious his presence is perfect and when you come into that presence which we can through his spirit we are awestruck you have no choice but to worship in awe and lastly um, again we've talked about this you've heard it already worship him and him alone let him be the one audience Don't ever be swayed by anything else that anyone else is doing or what you think other people are thinking. I really like that uh, Oswald Chambers quote, you know, that if we fear God, we won't fear anything else, ever. But if you don't fear God, you'll be afraid of all sorts of things that will keep you from this experience of worshiping the Lord. And I just want to close with, uh, I just, you know, I was doing, sitting down, doing my devotion this morning and spending time with the Lord. And the very first verse that came up in the book that I'm reading, it was amazing. This is uh, Psalm 29, just verses 1 and 2. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and his strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. One of the things that uh, 
was common in Shiloh and Mark sharing was that worship is relationship. It comes out of relationship. And when we talked about the word fellowship and what that means, one of the things we saw was that sometimes we define fellowship first and foremost as activity and then relationship. And we saw that biblically fellowship is relationship first and then all the activities, right? But we can flip that and we can actually do a lot of quote-unquote fellowshipy activities in the church but stay relationally distant. But we say we fellowship because we did a lot of activities. Well, I think as you're talking, the same thing can happen with worship. If we define worship first and foremost as activity, singing, events, and we push the relationship down to second or third, then we can say we worship, but we were still relationally distant. But we think we worship because we did worshipful activities. And really what Shiloh and Mark and what we've been trying to, to really convey in this series is that Worship is relationship. If you love the Lord and you're growing in your love for Jesus, you will worship. And so it's not necessarily a technique, method, methodological thing. It might just be a heart issue, first and foremost. What is your relationship with the Lord right here? When was the last time you pondered and sat before the Lord and said, Lord, where am I with you? When was the last time I was awestruck by you? When was the last time I let you love me? You know, because some of us, for whatever reason, maybe your history and personal or in the church, maybe the challenge of worship and maybe God's, you know, speaking to you right now, it's a relational love issue. And for some reason, there's a part of you that just gets a little bit uncomfortable when we get talking about the love of God for you. And maybe today you just need to, let God pour out his love into your heart. Maybe deep down you've been resisting and gets a little too close and you get a little bit antsy, so you back off and you go to how to do things versus just the freedom of God pouring out his love, you receiving his love, and the simplicity of loving him back. That's kind of what it is. So, so maybe for some here, it's a love issue. And we really need to, and we're going to do one more song and then we'll, uh, transition into communion. But even during this song, maybe the question is, what is my relationship with you, Lord, right now? Not that you're not saved, but are you resistant to his love? Are you holding back? Are you kind of guarded? And I would encourage you, as we sing and listen to the lyrics of this song, it's a very relational song, let God love you. Let God love you. So, Father, thank you that worship is first and foremost relationship. And Jesus, you said the greatest commandment was to love you with our whole being. So I'm praying for us as a church and then all the way down to the personal level that you would pour out your love into our hearts and that we would stop resisting your love. That we would receive your love receive your love, we would respond in what's called worship. So Father, pour out your love. Standing for 
for communion you say that as often as we do this to do this in remembrance of you and so Jesus we thank you for a morning where we can be all about you and I pray for those here maybe at home who have never put their faith in you Jesus that they would this morning that they would respond to your love Father your love your grace and that they would receive the gift of salvation through faith in Jesus. And if that's you, receive God's love. You may not understand a whole lot, but you know God loves you. And he sent Jesus, and Jesus died, rose from the dead. Put your faith in Jesus this morning. Receive God's love. Be born again into the family of God. And then come and take communion with us. And and for the church family, Father, we thank you for a morning where we can be brought back to truly the heart of worship, which is you. Our heart connecting to your heart. Responding in love. Our heart responding in love to your first love. So we come to the communion table in remembrance of you, Jesus, because it's all about love. We're thankful. Overwhelmed and awestruck. 
that through faith in you, we, we have our names written in the book of life. We are new creations. We are children of God. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, well, welcome. It is the first Sunday in November. We've had a tradition here for 13 years, and again, not to embarrass anyone, but, you know, God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we're a family, and I grew up as a young kid celebrating birthdays. Anybody here, I'm going to date myself, anyone remember Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor, right? Remember Farrell's running around with the big zoo and all of that, right? That's where I grew up in San Diego, right? Never made the wall, though, with the photos. Never made the wall. But it's, it's first Sunday. We love to celebrate birthdays. So November birthdays. Any? Any? Oh, we got one. I saw one. Celebrate. Look, look. Hands up. Come on. We might be singing to one person. Right there. Right? Put, go ahead. Put, wave. There you go. Right? Look at that. A hundred voices directed at you. That's awesome. I don't know if we've ever had one. But anyway, maybe someone at home. Maybe someone at home. Did, did I miss anyone up here? Any? Okay, well, that's awesome. So we get to sing happy birthday to you, literally, to you. Well, we'll say November in case there's someone at home. All right, so we just love to just celebrate. Again, God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. No one here is an accident. And, uh, you know, it's so awesome, right? And so celebrating birthdays is just our, our way of reminding you you're special. God loves you. And we're glad you're here, all right? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to November. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to November. Happy birthday to you. Yes. Happy birthday. Maybe someone in the commons as well. All right. Well, happy birthday, kids. It's time. The highlight of your week is now upon us. It's Kingdom Kids, right? Let's give it up to the kids as we send them off to an incredible ministry called Kingdom Kids. See you in a little bit. Body yellow mic is just gone on. There we go. I like that. Um, so just a couple of announcements. Um, first is just the first Sunday of the month. We'd like just to remind everybody in the back of many of the seats is just a listing of how you can give. You can give in person here in the boxes that are kind of in the lobby and around uh, the uh, fellowship hall. You can give by mail on the church app on our website. And we encourage you just, again, we're all family. In all honesty, kind of year to date, honestly, we're a little bit behind budget and stuff. So as you kind of look towards the year end, and we just encourage you to be prayerful about, you know, giving for the rest of the year, just you know, to meet our family needs, but um, lots of different ways to do that, and we know that that the Lord will lead all of us in doing that. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. All right, so we said that sometimes we like to bring things back, and when we first started 13 years ago, you know, God did this incredible thing. People were coming, and we didn't know everybody, and so we were thinking of creative ways to, to get to know one another, and for a season, we did something called Who Am I? 
And we would put up a little baby photo with some clues, just so that we all got to know each other. And so we decided, first end of November, we're blessed with many of you who have joined us this year, like extremely ecstatic. You know, the elders, we were talking like, what has God done? Well, he's brought a whole new wave of people. But we got to get to know each other, uh, you know, just because we share lives. We live in the same valley, most of us. So anyway, we were like, who am I? So we got a picture here. Here we go. All right. All right. We got some clues. First clue. Has three siblings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has been to 39 states and five countries. Think about anyone? Anyone? Was born in the 80s. Now that kind of helps around here. <laughs> Someone's like, it's not who I thought. Or maybe it is who I thought. Okay, before we give the answer up, does anyone have any guesses who you think this might be? We, were get, we have a guess of Jordan. Anyone else? Mark? You were born in the 80s? Bro. Bro. What happened? Just kidding, man. I came out 40 years old. You came out 40 years old? Okay, Benjamin. All right. Correct answer is... Correct answer is... Do we, do we have something? It is Jordan. Hey. I thought we had like the current photo. Oh, I forgot that. He forgot that. It is, it is right. But we got better. We have better than a photo. We've got Jordan. All right. So just encourage you. We're going to kind of bring this out first Sundays. And so if you get tapped, texted, hit up for a baby photo, it's just for fun. Right, we just want to get you, you know, get to like 39 states, five countries. I mean, there you go, world traveler. So just chat. It's just a way for you to get to know different people in the church. All right, um, celebrating next Sunday, we have a baptism. Aiden, we mentioned it last Sunday, so Aiden's getting baptized. But if any of you would like to be baptized or your kids or anything like that, uh, please talk to Pastor Tyler. We would love to chat with you and celebrate baptism with you next Sunday. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I have a question. Ailey, can you put that awesome photo of the... uh... (laughs) Can you put that up for a second? All right. How many of you vote for me to get a... uh, Have a mullet? Anybody? Anybody? Shiloh? Mullet? (laughs) Maybe if, you know, maybe if we fundraise for a youth event, I might... I don't know. That's an idea. Uh, But we do have uh, one youth announcement. Uh, we, it is November, and traditionally we like to do a fun, fancy Thanksgiving dinner. I think we actually have a couple photos from last year. Uh, we have some games. We have a little photo booth. We get a nice long table, or like five long tables. Uh, and we just have fun, share a meal together, uh, play some games, have some fun. We're actually we're going to do it this year. It's going to be November 15th uh, from 6 to 8. It's going to be here. Um, and if... I would love for you to sign up. We do this thing online where you can register online. A bunch of students already have, uh, but you can come to me uh, and let me know, or you can go to our website and follow the events page, and you'll see our our, uh, sign-ups there. But we're going to be doing that. Uh, If you can, please sign up by the 12th so I can calculate food and all that stuff. But uh, we have that coming up. Uh, So that's it for youth. And then I think this is our last week. Uh, Tyler's been mentioning... Uh, Our friends at Teen Challenge have been doing uh, a fundraiser, a tamale fundraiser, 
Um, and you can pre-order them. Apparently, they're really good. I haven't had them, but tamales are good, as long as you don't eat the husk, uh, like I did. I'm from Iowa, so, you know, I don't know what it was. So don't do that. I'm sure they'll be great if you don't do that. But uh, I believe Maria, she has her numbers on there. There's also a sheet in the back on the cart uh, with her information. Um, and so I think this is the last week to sign up. If you have any more questions, you can hit up Tyler. Um, and I think that's it for me. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. Now, do you not think that somebody from Iowa <laughs> would know not to eat like corn husk? You know, like the corn capital of the entire world. Like, wow, wow. <laughs> All right. It takes all kinds. So uh, just another couple of announcements. Uh, there's going to be a couple of pictures. Uh, we, Our team got back from Mexico. You've been hearing a lot about it for a long, long time. We got back midday yesterday, went down last Sunday, had a fabulous week, uh, really. Just everything about the week went wonderful. Our team was a strong team in every way, just in building skills, in fellowship, in friendship, in love, with one another and towards the two families that we built for working with our YWAM partners was amazing. The two families, do we have those pictures to put up? Um, this is, uh, that's actually the first build that we did. And uh, just the team at the end, we all kind of gather and take a picture with the family. That's another picture. That's the second build that we did with Josie lying down in the front there. So uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, and thank you to all of you just for how you supported it in prayer, financially, and everything else. Um, that's really all I'm going to just say about it right now. In two or three weeks, I'd like to have, we will have more of a slideshow and some testimonies from people who went on and kind of get into a little bit more detail about it. And the uh, last thing is, you know, so we were just spent a week down in Mexico and ministering to loving and, and the Lord blessing through us to very, very poor families. But we have an amazing opportunity to do something very similar to that here in Ojai. You know, we don't have to go to Mexico to make a difference in the lives of people who uh, need help. So um, there, we partner with Help of Ojai every Thanksgiving to provide Thanksgiving meals, boxes. This is some of the bags that were uh, done in a previous year. Um, but we need people to buy and donate the uh, contents that are going to go in these bags and get delivered out to these families in Ojai. And, and we're on kind of a short uh, um, uh, schedule here. So we're going to be delivering these on uh, November 18th, which is less than two weeks from now. So all of the things that get bought need to hopefully be delivered here or brought here by next Sunday. So how this is going to happen is at the end of service, I, and if I can talk my wife into doing this with me, will be out at the welcome cart. This is a sign-up sheet to come and put your name on and your phone number, just saying, I will go out this week and buy these things and either bring them during the week or next Sunday, bring them to the well. Um, there's stuff on the back, and then we've got an opportunity, if you're interested in helping to deliver the food to homes throughout the Ojai Valley on Saturday the 18th, you can sign up for that as well. When you do sign up for something, we're going to give you these little, uh, Matt uh, Norris put these together, 
together calls them tickets. This is a reminder to you about what you signed up for and where to bring them and all that kind of stuff. So you can put your name on here. We'll give you one of these. And we have a whole bunch of stuff we need. So hopefully every single person here will come and take multiple tickets so that we can provide all the food that these families need to have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving celebration. So that's it.